Make their Christmas unforgettable with goat guns. Looking for the perfect gift for your husband or man who is a gun lover? Look no further. Goat guns are the greatest gift of all time miniature gun models. They are the perfect blend of quality and detail. From pistols to rifles, there's a goat gun for every collector, history buff, or gamer. Whether for display or for a fun collecting hobby, goat guns will bring joy and excitement to him. Surprise your loved ones this Christmas with a goat gun, the ultimate gift that won't disappoint. Shop at goatguns.com. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. You enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Raj Grover about acquiring and retaining key top talent and managing a multinational team. Raj Grover, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm super excited to have a a wonderful conversation about acquiring and retaining key top talent and managing a multinational team. This is just a fantastic topic, one that I am super interested in. So I'm I'm excited to pick your brain and, and learn from you and have a nice dialogue. Where are you joining us from today? I'm in my office in Calgary. Calgary, wonderful. And I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. As we get started, I wanted to share Raj's bio with everybody. Since starting his first company at the age of 22, Raj has established himself as one of Canada's foremost business strategists and deal makers. He is the founder of High Tide and its subsidiary companies of Valiant Distribution and Canna Cabana, while also being the co-founder of High Tide subsidiary famous brands through organic growth and strategic acquisitions. Raj has grown high tide from one small shop of two employees in 2009 into one of Canada's largest cannabis retailers with over 1000 amazing team members and business interests spanning North America and Europe. And I could go on and on and on, but I'm going to just pause there and give you a chance Raj to share anything else about yourself that you would like listeners to know about your background or personal context. And then we'll dive on into the conversation. Sure, John. I think you've summed it really well, um, and, and thank you for that. Uh, I am the founder, president, and CEO of High Tide for a little bit of background. High Tide story began in 2009 with just an independent smoke shop called Smoker's Corner, and I grew that business into 19 stores organically. Ten of those stores were franchised. Uh, you know, Decided to take the company public in uh, April of 2018. By December of 2018, we were a publicly traded company. 
you know, I've always been sort of a diversified business, even when I was uh, uh, an independent business owner. Uh, I was not only um, managing my retail shops or developing retail shops, we were also designing, manufacturing and distributing uh, cannabis consumption accessories, uh, which we still do until today. But the business has evolved quite a bit, which I would love to speak to you about. Uh, today, you know, High Tide is... Uh, um, Canada's largest cannabis retailer through the Canacabana brand. We have 139 stores operating in the country. We are a, a, a corporate-owned portfolio, so we don't do franchising um, and other licensing deals on the retail front. We own it all here in Canada. Uh, we have been a leader in cannabis retailer uh, retail in Canada for quite some time, and that momentum is very much continuing for us, and we're doing it with a bit of a balance of organic growth and a creative M&A. And I say a creative because... Every single one of the deals that we've done is a creative. But uh, again, coming back to the story, you know, uh, transition from a private company into a public company in December of 2018 and haven't looked back since. And, you know, today, uh, like I said, we have 139 store portfolio in Canada and growing very quickly. We have a goal to reach 150 stores by the end of the year. I think we will beat that goal quite handsomely, but let's see how things go. Uh, and then to supplement that, you know, we are also um, um, in the CBD segment and the consumption accessory segment. So we operate in three main business segments, which is THC, CBD, and consumption accessory. Uh, consumption accessories, CBD and consumption accessories through our online platforms. We acquired six businesses in the United States and, and internationally, five in the U.S., one in the U.K. last year alone. We've slowed down on that a little bit. Uh, I have my reasons, which I would love to discuss with you. And we were focusing more on the Canadian brick and mortar side, uh, where our concept is literally skyrocketing and taking off. Uh, so I want to make sure we capitalize on that momentum. Yeah, super, super interesting. And I'm, I'm interested in learning a little bit more about your MA strategy here in the US. Um, how has it benefited high tide? And, you know, specifically in relation to our conversation for today, you know, acquiring and retaining key top talent globally, uh, that's a challenge for any organization. And how have you gone about trying to do that? Sure. So, um, like I said, you know, m and strategy is focused on both both and brick and mortar uh, stores here in Canada, which we are presently very focused on. And historically, last year, we, we acquired a bunch of e-commerce platforms, which we are very much looking forward to ramping up the pace again, uh, you know, given at the right time. And, and again, there's, there's reasons for that is where our equity price is sitting today. Just like every other cannabis company, we've taken a big beating, not because of our own doing, but more, you know, guilty by association, I like to call it. Uh, with our very exciting but unique cannabis uh, cannabis industry. Um, so, you know, when you talk about retaining top tier talent, John, you 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 you've summed it correctly. It's it's getting more and more difficult to acquire top tier talent. But, you know, we have two ways of looking at it. We've got uh, um, uh, talent that we hire here in Canada through our brick and mortar stores, which is a highly regulated landscape as that, you know, as you understand the THC that we sell, our THC products that we sell in our stores. So, you know, Canada's not made it easy uh, in terms of because it's a regulated, a regulated business, it's understandably so. Uh, you know, our, our staff has to generally for any staff to work in a retail store in Canada, they have to get at least a base level certification to become a butt tender. Or, you know, they have to have some sort of certification as a prerequisite to work in a retail store networks, which which definitely makes it difficult to to find and retain and, and, and manage the staff here on the THC side of things. And then, you know, we operate in bigger cities uh, and also some smaller towns. It makes it even more difficult in smaller towns because the pool of people is limited. But when you look at our international business, which is U.S., 
uh, and then our uh, international business in UK and Germany and, and, and Holland, uh, we find it relatively easier to manage uh, and retain talent on the consumption accessories front and the CBD front because those businesses are not regulated the same way as cannabis is. So it's a significant difference between the two. However, I think personally, you know, we've done a great job as a company uh, uh, acquiring talent on both sides of the equation. And, you know, we are over 1300 people and counting today at high time. So very proud of it. Yeah, that's tremendous growth. Uh, you, you described two employees at one smoke shop back in uh, 2009, I think it was, uh, to 1300 employees. Uh, oh. That's that's fantastic. And anytime you're scaling uh, in that kind of uh, uh, rapid pace, it, it brings with it all sorts of challenges. And you've highlighted the regulatory market, like all these different pieces that just add complexity uh, to the situation. And I, I'm curious what you've seen over the last couple of years, just in relation to the shifting labor market. I mean, right now it's hard for everyone to get good talent. Um, you have extra layers of complexity and challenge, I think. Um, so how have you gone about trying to do that in retaining you know, the certified people, the top talented people uh, to help your organization continue to scale and grow. Sure. So, you know, you're right, John, not only does growth lead to a lot of major challenges, uh, given today's environment, you know, what's happening in the world, uh, all companies are finding it very difficult to you know, retain and manage good talent. And while we are dealing with some of these same challenges, you know, uh, the high tide approach to talent has always been a bit different. So, for example, when we're pursuing uh, uh, M&A targets, we're not just looking for companies to acquire, but we're looking to acquire strong management teams that will be vested in our success jointly. And I think this is a very critical part, because if you're just going about, a, you know, you, about your growth and you have not looked at your how are you going to manage your human capital, you know, that growth will be lost eventually. You will not be able to execute and deliver on an ongoing basis. You may be successful in the short term, uh, but in the long term, it will pose, uh, pose a lot of problems. So, you know, we've always paid attention to that part. And then again, you know, our story, our execution, our diversified ecosystem, we're a very differentiated ecosystem in cannabis. Like I said, we deal in uh, THC, CBD, and consumption accessories. We have brick and mortar stores, and we also have e-commerce platforms. That is very attractive to a lot of industry participants. So that helps us attract good talent as well. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, uh, our, our discount club model through our Canagabana stores is, is, is extremely loved by our customers and our staff. So that also helps us attract and retain great talent uh, on our brick and mortar storefront. Yeah, that's super interesting. And so one of the other questions I had about just the, the human capital side, I mean, there's a lot we could dive into there. Um, so I'm happy to see this conversation go any direction you would like it to. Um, from the scaling standpoint, the human capital standpoint, there's just so much there um, that we can discuss. But I'm, I'm wondering, you know, with with High Tide, and then you have the subsidiaries, and you have this multinational team, how have you worked to integrate and and have the different your people at different subsidiaries, companies working effectively together, especially as you're continuing to scale and grow? So, you know, look, we've always been a diversified cannabis ecosystem, right? We didn't just have the smoke shops or head shops previously. We were a franchise model. We had corporate stores. We were designing and manufacturing accessories. Uh, we also had an online component to the business. And that has just grown a, a lot more widely today. 
uh, and that has become into an international business today. We operate in the UK. We are now in Germany through our blessed CBD business. We also have an accessories uh, a warehouse and a CBD fulfillment center out of Amsterdam, which is a grasscity.com business. So having the experience since 2009, you know, to grow these businesses and become a vertically integrated ecosystem and a diversified ecosystem, I have learned to manage. And, you know, this is not me alone. This is, you know, we have a top tier senior team um, uh, that is always at the helm of retaining and finding and managing good talent. And we've done that quite successfully, one, because of my business experience in the past, and we've already been this diversified cannabis ecosystem. And second, you know, we've, we've clearly seen that division, like I mentioned, you know, in, in, in opportunities to retain good talent on the THC front uh, versus uh, not so regulated businesses like the CBD and the consumption accessories. So put together with our given our past historical experience and our diversified, unique diversified ecosystem, uh, which is a very exciting and dynamic workplace to work in in North America. You know, you can look us up. Uh, we're highly differentiated from the next cannabis operator. I think all in all, all of this helps us with the experience, with our diversified ecosystem. It's helping us really, uh, you know, retain and uh, manage top tier talent. If, if we're going to unpack this, the, the challenges of, of scaling and having uh, your uh, this multinational team, different subsidiaries, uh, as you as you've looked to to attract and retain good people, great people. What have been some of those biggest challenges and even setbacks that you've experienced, and how have you worked to overcome them? So you know, like there's always challenges. Like I said, uh, you know, there's there's uh, prerequisites in Canada for butt tenders to work in our stores or for uh, district managers, regional managers, area managers, they all need this certification prerequisite uh, to take place for them to work in our stores. And, you know, this is, uh, this, this is challenge. It's challenging for any companies or any uh, uh, industries at the moment to acquire this talent, but it's compounded in cannabis, right? Like if you look at the cannabis business, the pool of candidates that are interested in cannabis is already smaller than let's say mature retail industries and broader retail industries. Um, so, you know, we, we deal with the same kind of challenges that, that other industry participants deal. But I think, uh, you know, identifying this problem and nurturing good talent right from the start and keeping the good talent and keeping them in the culture and giving them a pat on the back when they deserve it and calling the team out and giving them a shout out with all of the progress that we have made, you know, instills this culture within all of us that we are one family and we are one company. And that is, uh, you know, at the, uh, I would say, that is at the top of the pyramid at, at high tide on how much we instill these values and you know how much we care about this culture. Culture is most important to me. You cannot build a national or an international empire without having the support of your people. We are nothing without our team and we are very, very clear about this. And this comes through when I speak to my team, this comes through to when our other senior leadership speaks to our team. And, and this is why, you know, John, so far so good, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, we are not in a, in a, um, a, we don't find ourselves in a crunch that we can't find people and it's becoming, you know, really, really difficult to handle our business. We've not hit that moment yet, but I'm hearing this in the industry. I hear this on a daily basis on how, you know, even, even from our HR leaders uh, uh, here in Calgary on what the reality of the situation is and how fortunate we are. Uh, you know, in managing our own human resources. One of the things that I can tell you about uh, that is different from maybe other cannabis companies, um, other cannabis companies is um, 
that, you know, we have a very strong compliance team and we have a very strong government relations team that also monitors these regulatory changes in real time. So as these changes are coming, like the certification requirements, et cetera, we're able to be, uh, you know, nimble and agile to move and change our hiring practices if needed. And we've done that in the past. So I think just being uh, on the pulse, being on the ball when it comes to managing your human resources and instilling that strong sense of culture uh, is the only way uh, companies can get through in this difficult time and, and place yourself successfully for the long term. Yeah. And I, and I like your focus on, I mean, not only you're clearly attentive to the human capital pieces of all this and, and the, the importance of your team, uh, you're very much uh, attentive to uh, the, the inherent challenges that come with rapid growth and scaling. Uh, and ultimately, you want to do it in a sustainable way. So kudos on all of that, because that's not necessarily what I hear consistently when I'm talking with with people uh, in different organizations who are leading different organizations. And in fact, uh, th- there's one organization, I-, I won't name it, but an organization, that, uh, a tech company, large um, company that had scaled, oh man, year to year growth, um, revenue growth, like off the charts, but year to year people growth, you know, like in the 200 percentile, like year after year for like five years straight, like it was crazy how fast they were growing. Uh, and all that was wonderful. And they, they would go on industry panels and talk about the success of their organization and, and all these different really positive things. And then one day I open up my LinkedIn and I just see a notification about this company and they're laying off half of their workforce. Um, so they scaled so rapidly that they just, and it just wasn't sustainable. Uh, they just couldn't do it. And, you know, I had my reservations, but it, it seemed like they had their, their ducks in a row and they were doing a lot of good things. And ultimately it caught up to them and they just scaled too fast. It wasn't sustainable. Uh, and they had some major pain, uh, and, and sorry to say for, for many of their employees that they, you know, had to go find another job. And so we, we can't highlight enough and emphasize enough the importance of just being super attentive to, to these issues and scaling and growth and all of that is fantastic. I, I you know, I'm all for uh, companies strategically growing and, and adding value to the market in a, in a meaningful way. Uh, but let's make sure we're doing it in a way that makes sense um, so that we're not chopping off our own foot, you know, in the process uh, because that can easily happen. John, I could not agree more. I mean, there's two sides of the equation, right? One is growth, running your business. But what is the opposite side of the equation? You have to balance balance it out. You have to know exactly where your payroll needs to be as a percent of revenue. These things are easier said than done. But if you don't know that and you're just saying, you know, I'm going to grow tenfolds and I'm going to grow tenfolds with my people too. Sure enough, you need people to, to run your ecosystem. Look at us. We have 139 stores and counting. We have a goal to get to 150 stores. And this can't be done without people. You know, we need eight to 10 personnel or retail staff minimum 
uh, to service our stores that run in two shifts, mostly two shifts. And, you know, you, you need this personnel, but you need to have a business strategy. Is your concept working well? You know, are you actually uh, uh, generating cash out of these stores? Can you sustain your labor in these stores? You, you can't just blindly do these things because, you know, what hurts equally is to let people go eventually. Sure, as big companies, you know, you can hire and then you can scale down, but you're also playing with people's lives and you're wasting your own time and your, and your management team's time that also gets frustrated with these things. So, you know... Uh, look, and I, I will take, I will not say that we're, we are doing things perfectly, but we definitely keep our eyes on the ball and our hands on the pulse. You know, we, we know what is going on in terms of how much labor do we have at any given time? What does that look like as a percent of revenue? I regularly monitor uh, monitor this on a bi-weekly basis with my senior team and, and, you know, we keep on it. And so far, so good. We managed it quite well. If you look at our numbers, you know, our GNA, our payroll, our, our wages, salaries and wages as percent of revenue, you know, we're a value-focused retailer. It's even more important for us to, to, to really pay attention to how we are managing our labor line. Um, but, you know, on the other, other end of the spectrum, uh, pandemic-related issues, um, just what's happening in the world with supply chain, you know, a lot of the mindsets for people changed after the pandemic and things are not perfect for any company at the moment where you can align your payroll perfectly to where your growth is. But I will say that you have to do it to the best of your ability and you have to keep your eyes there because running a business is so many things, right? You're wearing so many hats. You need to look at your sales. You need to look, you need to look at your margin. You need to look at your locations. You need to look at your competitive landscape, all of the above. And most importantly, you need to look at your payroll on what does that look like? You can't understaff your stores. You cannot overstaff your stores. So I think we've got a good balance going, John, but you've emphasized, emphasized on a very important point. What is the point of grow, 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 higher, 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 and then get rid of, you know, a, a bunch of people and then, you know, put them on the wrong footing and they have to start all over again. They have to look, worry about their career again. So a stitch in time saves nine. You know, that's what I always say. So be focused on what you do. Yeah. And I, I suppose that's a, that's a healthy um, thing to just always recognize and remember that, you know, it, things can go really, really well until they don't. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you're scrambling and that's what happened with this other organization. Um you know, things happen out of the blue. Like not many people thought a global pandemic was going to completely transform <laughs> the the global economy and the nature of the way we work. Uh, and yet it did. And so, you know, there's things that we can't foresee, um, but we can try to, you know, look into the future and, and forecast and be strategic. So at least we're in the best you know, possible situation, uh, to, to be responsive and to be agile. Um, so I think all of that is fantastic. Well, this has just been a really fun conversation. I know you're going to have to go here in just a few minutes before we wrap up. I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners, how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work and how they can, uh, work with you and your team and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. So, well, first of all, thanks again, John, for for having me. Really appreciate it. It's a very meaningful conversation that we had today. Um, you know, I am. Uh, I would love to say this to to your listeners that uh, you know I'm actively building High Tide. I'm I'm very serious about my business, and I'm not very active on social media, but Twitter is the one platform that I am active, and I mostly or almost. Uh, exclusively use it for business only. So if investors or your listeners want to reach out to me, Twitter would be the best. Uh, at Raj Grover is my, is my handle, Twitter handle, uh, that they can reach out, 
uh, reach out to me on. And again, appreciate the conversation. It's a very meaningful conversation. And I would just leave your listeners with the same thought that, you know, if they're, they're looking to build a business, um, you know, t- your, your team is absolutely your backbone on how your business will actually end up doing. It's your people. You can have all the greatest ideas in the world, but if you don't have an excellent team on executing those ideas, they practically go nowhere. I say this all the time for a reason because I recognize this myself. This is not a one-man show story. This is absolutely a team getting behind you. And, and you know, you also don't want to mismanage your business in terms of miscalculating hiring. You know, payroll as a percentage of revenue uh, is very different at 11% versus 19%. It can destroy your entire business or it can make your entire business and put you on a really solid footing. So, uh, you know, that would be my advice to your listeners that uh, pay attention to that line, take care of your team, treat them as you you would want to be treated it starts right from the top, top starts with the leader of the organization uh and then trickles all the way down so uh you know this, these these are my final thoughts on the on the subject i would wonderful. say wonderful wonderful raj this has just been a real pleasure i encourage listeners to reach out get connected find out more about what raj and his team can do for you and as always i hope everyone will stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and i hope you all have a great week Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.